As currently constructed, the second line for the Wilds, not scoring enough. So how do we fix it? Who's a better fit? We discuss today on Locked on Wild. You're locked on wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Locked On Wild, your daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks, as always, for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. Just a reminder, you can find Locked on Wild on all of your favorite podcast platforms absolutely free of charge. On today's episode of Locked on Wild, we find a new line partner for Matt Boldy and Jewel Erickson Eck to see if we can get the second line scoring again as the Wilds continue their push towards the top of the Central Division standings. My name is Seth Topol, your daily Minnesota Wild insider. We're going to dive into some stats today. We've got the eye test as well, and I think both are going to help validate what we find out about the second line for the Minnesota Wilds. We know it. Jewel Erickson Eck and Matt Boldy have worked pretty well together uh, as line mates, and I'll even back that up with some stats. With Matt Boldy and Jewel Erickson Eck, just those two playing together on a line, not factoring in whoever the line mate is with them. They have outshot their opponent 68 to 48. Now the goals, just three to two, which is not great, but I think that's indicative of some of the struggles of the other players that have routinely been put on that line with Boldy and Erickson Eck. Now, Corsi 4 percentage for Boldy and Erickson Eck. And again, Corsi events are things like shots on goal, plays that work towards goals being scored on the ice. The Corsi advantage for Matt Boldy and Jewel Erickson Eck, 129 to 101. So those two, separate from whoever's on the line with them, are generating chances. They are out shooting their opponents. The goal's probably going to get better with a better line mate on that grouping. But here's the big one. Those two by themselves, the expected goals for percentage, this is the percentage of time With those two on the ice, when a goal is scored, 61% of the time, it is by Matt Boldy or Jewel Erickson Eck, which is good. And if you look individually at the numbers for those two guys, Matt Boldy, um, his numbers, not what they were last year by any stretch. His expected goals for percentage is just 40% this year. Uh, his Corsi numbers are under 50%. Jewel Erickson Eck, similar story. His expected goals percentage uh, is 43.5%. His Corsi 4 is 43%. So that tells me a couple of things. Number one, 
the grief line has really pulled Jewel Erickson X numbers down um, from where they were when that line was playing together, not playing as well as they had in previous years. That's really pulled Erickson X numbers individually down this year with those other two guys in Greenway and Felino on a line with him. And you just look at the jump in performance when Boldy and Erickson Eck are put together. So you've got Kaprizov and Zuccarello on the top line. Boldy and Erickson Eck have worked together as uh, as second line as second line mates uh, so far this season. It's just about finding that third piece to add to the equation. Add Marcus Felino, which is the current pairing. And the Corsi 4 numbers drop to 48.98. The Corsi events are 50 for the opponents, 48 for the Boldy, Erickson, Felino line. So that's a dip. Expected goals for percentage with those three together is 50.50%. So that's an 11% drop with Marcus Foligno on that line with Boldy and Erickson Eck. So, eye test, we see it. Statistically, it's backed up by uh, what we see um, in the stats. Marcus Foligno is just not a good fit on that line. And I think is kind of a, a victim of just not really having a good spot to be on any of those bottom three lines at this point. So in order to get that second line scoring, you've got to make a couple of changes to try to kind of inject some life and get that second line scoring consistently to match what Kirill Kaprizov and uh, Matt Zuccarello are doing because um, if you look at the numbers for the trio of Kaprizov, Zuccarello, and Hartman, um, and these will probably be a little bit lower uh, considering where they were at earlier in the season, but just look at this. The numbers for Kaprizov... Hartman and Zuccarello this year. Corsi four percentage of 62.8%, which is great. Um, out shooting opponents, 104 to 68, which is really, really good. Expected goals, four percentages at 62.78%. So again, when a goal is scored on the ice, 63% of the time, it's one of those three guys. So those numbers... All of that trio have been good since Hartman was put back up there, since the penalties that he has taken have uh, have dropped substantially. Uh, his, his numbers have been uh, close to what they were last season. So the question becomes, what do you do about that second line? Well, we're just going to look at the numbers of the guys that have most commonly played in that spot to see if we can come up with a likely candidate 
to hop in and um, and fill that ice time. So we'll look at the candidates. We'll see which one statistically um, has done the best of the uh, the worthy candidates uh, for that spot as we continue today's episode of Locked on Wild, trying to find the missing piece on the second line, and we will do just that after this. Are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Well, you've got to give Built Bar a try. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Yeah, you heard me right. 100% real chocolate. They also come in some unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. If that's not enough of a sell, they are incredibly healthy too. Built Bars contain just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Best of all, you no longer have to wait around to get yourself a box of Built Bars. You can head to your local Walmart or Sam's Club and grab a box today. But if you don't have one handy, you can always head to Built.com and order yourself a box so that you can get your snacking done right with Built Bar. Continuing today's episode of Lockdown Wilds, once again, thank you as always for making Lockdown Wilds your first listen each and every day. A reminder, the NHL trade deadline is Friday, March 3rd. You can join live on the Lockdown NHL YouTube channel from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern as the Lockdown NHL hosts break down the biggest deals from across the league. The Lockdown NHL podcast, your team every day. Also a reminder, we'll have a trade deadline breakdown for you on Friday as well in the afternoon, recapping all the biggest deals and the deals that never ended up happening, all as part of our coverage here at Lockdown Wild. So the candidates for second line, the missing piece to try to fill because as we talked about yesterday, the Tanner Janot trade has substantially changed my mind as to buy or stand pat. Those prices are too high. I'm not super comfortable paying anything close to what the Lightning paid for Janot to bring him in as a third-line guy. So it's going to most likely be a fill-from-within candidate. And there are plenty. There are plenty of guys that have filled that spot and have had good success. Let's start with one of the uh, most recent contributors to that, uh, that trio of three, that being, of course, Adam Beckman. That line passed the eye test, looked really good with, uh, with those three on the ice. They were generating a lot of chances. It looked like they were close to breaking through for a goal. Just got broken up before they had a chance to, uh, to put one in the net. And the statistics would back that up. Uh, the Corsi events drastically in the favor of Boldy, Beckman, and Eric Sinek at 40-20. to 20. Their Corsi 4 percentage, 66.67. So two-thirds of the time when the puck is on the ice, that and that line is, is on the ice as well, 
that line is possessing the puck. They also outshot the opponent 20-9 to while they were on the ice. Their expected goals for percentage, 70.96. So if a goal is scored, those guys are on the ice 70% of the time. It is that trio. And so that is a combination that obviously in a small sample size worked very well. Beckman looked great up at the NHL level. He was shooting the puck. He was uh, was mixing it up. He was battling along the edges for pucks. He was doing everything that was asked of him and just kind of further solidified the fact that you don't need a Connor McDavid on that that right side. You don't need a Connor McDavid in that spot for that line to do well and to look the part. You just need somebody who works hard and can help push the offense forward a little bit and um, just drive play. And Felino is not doing that. Adam Beckman did. And so he is, I think, probably the one of the top candidates internally to fill that spot, especially if the Wild do make a lateral move or two to take a contract off the books, as we'll talk about in a little bit, then you'd have a roster spot open to where you could bring somebody up to fill that spot. So Adam Beckman, one of the candidates to uh, come in and fill that role. Now, the next player that we'll talk about didn't actually have a chance to play with both Erickson Eck and Boldy, but played with Matt Boldy. And um, that was Sammy Walker, who played with Matt Boldy and Freddie Goudreau. And so let's just look at the numbers for that trio uh, while they were on the ice. Um, they, as a group, played about 47 minutes of time on the ice, outshot their opponents 31-26, to 26, had a Corsi 4 percentage of 56.18, which is good. Expected goals 4 percentage of 56%. And I think a lot of that has to do with Freddie Goudreau bring, being the center of that line. If you were to swap out and look specifically at Boldy and, um, and Walker as a grouping, um, it's pretty similar. The numbers are essentially the same without Goudreau and with um, Boldy and Walker. So those two are, are guys that work well together. And then you throw in Erickson Eck, who obviously has the chemistry and works well with Boldy. So that is another line combo that I think would be able to work and drive play. Sammy Walker continuing to have a fantastic season down in Iowa. He looked good when he was up here. He looked great when he was up here. And so that's another guy that is going to give you the opportunity to just help push play. Just push and drive play into the opponent's zone so that Boldy and Erickson Eck can get set up and good things will happen. So that's the other candidate. The third candidate, if... So these both would be call-ups in the event that 
somebody on the roster is moved off and you have yourself an open roster spot. If you are just going to go in-house and not deal with a roster call-up, there is another candidate that uh, could fill that spot and somebody that I will never have enough time on these airwaves to sing the praises of, Brandon Duhame. And so the numbers um, for this line, which actually did initially get paired together, these numbers look great as well. Boldy, Duhame, and Erickson Eck. The Corsi uh, events were 26 to 16 in favor of Boldy, Duhame, and Erickson Eck, which is 61.9%, which is very good. Uh, that grouping outshot their opponents 12 to 7. This is in about 21 minutes of ice time. Outshot their opponents 12 to 7. Their expected goals for percentage of 60.81%, which is also very good. So that's another pairing. And there may not be a player on this roster who is playing just great minutes consistently on a nightly basis outside of Kirill Kaprizov than Brandon Duhame. And yes, I know he's not predominantly an offensive player, but what he does at an absolute baseline level, which players on this roster struggle with, is he works hard and he busts his tail every time he's out on the ice. And seeing it in person in the game against Nashville in which this line was paired. Uh, this was, I think, one of the first lines that Duhame was put with Goudreau and Greenway. Seeing Duhame just beat players to the puck almost every time he was on the ice, the guy just, he just has a high motor, works hard, and does what's asked of him whether that be playing on the second line, playing on the third line, I think it's safe to say that he has graduated above being a fourth-line guy. Now, top six, probably not, but I think he has elevated his play to the point that he is probably a third-line guy, uh, or maybe if he continues on this trend, maybe a middle six, but... He's not going to predominantly be an offensive guy, but he just works hard. And you've got guys on this roster that have struggled to do that from the the eye test and the stats back it up. So putting somebody on that line that just works hard will help generate chances too. And so statistically, of the three... It's Beckman, Duhame, and Walker. And so if you don't want to do a roster call-up until after the deadline, you've got the guy in-house. And then you can put Marcus Foligno with Jordan Greenway and Freddie Goudreau and let that be your physical third line. This team is not this team is not going to be able to sustain one line scoring. 
They've found ways to win despite the offense because of the goaltending, because of the special teams play. But you're going to need to get that second line figured out. And the numbers speak for themselves. The eye test also does. Marcus Foligno just not doing it in that pairing. So you got to figure out some other combo. We've listed three off. All three of them I think would work. So it's a matter of just picking one and just doing it. So we'll uh, we'll see how morning skate plays out uh, for the game today against the Islanders. But, um, yeah, I, I think that's a just a good spot to just give yourself another line that can generate chances. And maybe you go on one of those runs where the goals start to stack up. But if you have lines that just struggle to create opportunities, then you're going to struggle to score goals too. Now, there's been some updates on the trade front for a couple of wild players in particular. And so we'll talk about the possibility that a few wild players find themselves elsewhere by the time the trade deadline hits as we finish today's episode of Locked on Wild after this. Our next partner has a product I use literally every single day of the week. I started taking AG1 because it helps you simplify your vitamin and supplement routine. All you need is one delicious scoop of AG1 and you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. Best of all, it's lifestyle friendly. So whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wild. Once again, thank you for making Locked on Wild your first listen each and every day. So the trade front. I keep saying it, and we'll see if it plays out, but the Tanner Janot trade, I think, completely changed the dynamic of the trade deadline because what was the biggest problem for the likes of, say, Matt Dumba and Jordan Greenway leading up to that point was that the market wasn't great for either of those guys. And we've heard that Greenway has drawn interest, but being able to land a third-line checker for five picks, you're going to have teams that look at that situation and say, okay, so Tampa Bay is beefed up and now we're going to need to do something to 
um, to match that. It's it's just I, I think it's just gonna play out in a way that Bill Guerin really hadn't anticipated. And you, you look at some of his comments, the fact that Greenway has played on a daily basis for pretty much the entirety of the season. You're trying to showcase as much as you have with Greenway. And the best part about it with Greenway is his size, his profile, his makeup are always going to be something regardless of how he's doing on the ice. He's he's a unicorn. Jordan Greenway with that size and some of the ability that he also brings with it is a unicorn. You have coaches, scouts throughout the NHL who look at what Jordan Greenway has physically and they say, I think I can be the one to get through to him and really get the most out of what he has. People just can't help themselves. <laughs> there are reclamation projects or attempts at reclamation projects all throughout all of sports. No matter how much you see on the ice, there's always a little thing in the back of your head, a little voice in the back of your head that says, I can be the one to get the most out of him. And Michael Russo has said, Joe Smith has said, that they are going to be shocked if Greenway is still here by the time the draft rolls around. And so I think the plan had probably been, before the Janot trade, to just wait and see. Wait and see what you can get in the offseason when teams have contracts coming off the books, have teams that are fighting for a spot right now that maybe end up taking a step back in the offseason. But I think the amount of teams that are still in the postseason picture will look at that situation for Jordan Greenway and say, well, I'm not going to have to give up what Tampa Bay did. I'll just go get this guy. Now, Matt Dumba, on the other hand, is that's an interesting situation as well because we've seen some defensemen's move. We've seen some defensemen moved so far before the trade deadline, but Bill Guerin has also commented to the fact that with Matt Dumba's play recently, um, that they're they're leaning towards hanging on to him and uh, just kind of letting it ride out. I will say, compared to some of his counterparts, the two that largely led to both of Columbus's goals on Sunday, he is playing better than those two, for sure, and had a handful of plays in that Columbus game that likely led to saving goals that could have been scored by the Blue Jackets. Late in the game against Columbus, the first go-around, he was in the net trying to block a couple of shots with Flurry sprawled out, trying to keep the shutout going. So I don't know if it's been 
just kind of that realization that his time here is coming to an end. And so really making conscious efforts to try to be better. But it has, his play has looked better over the last few games. It's not to say it's not, it's not Spurgeon level. It's not Brodeen level. There are still plays, there is one behind the net against Columbus in which you're just looking to try to pass to somebody at the top of the zone. Wait, 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 wait. Pass the puck too late and stolen by the uh, the Blue Jackets on the wild end of the ice. That kind of stuff still happens. And so the hope is that teams are seeing that Greenway paired with a guy like Brandon Duhame right now, that line has not given up a goal since they've been put together. So the hope is that we're seeing that stretch. All you need to see to convince another general manager to say, we can get more out of them. We can be the ones. We can be the ones to turn it around. And Bill Guerin says, all right, we'll take this. And they say, well, it's not what uh, it's not what Tampa gave up, so we got ourselves a deal. It's not going to shock me because this is just kind of how Bill Guerin operates. It's not going to shock me if there's something that happens between now and the deadline that nobody really was in on that you look at and you say, wow, this, uh, this makes some sense, whether that be lateral, a hockey trade, for a buy, or maybe you send a greenway to somebody in return for a player who has more of a tendency to score. We'll have to wait and see, but the hope is that what we've been waiting for all season is a stretch of good play that you can sell to opposing GMs and say, here's what you're getting. That's the hope, is that uh, we finally have hit that stretch. So, a few more days, a few more days till the trade deadline. We'll uh, we'll try to mix in other topics, of course, but um, it's going to be a daily thing between now and then just to see who gets moved and what else happens. That will do it for today's episode of Locked on Wild. So, once again, now that your first listen of the day is done, make sure to keep an eye out for our pregame preview of tonight's game against the New York Islanders, which will be dropping later on your favorite podcast platforms as well as on YouTube. So make sure to keep an eye out for that, as well as our postcasts throughout uh, the season after Minnesota Wild Games with uh, Kevin Gorg as well. So make sure as well to follow us on YouTube, on social media, on your favorite podcast platforms as we guide you through the trade deadline and through the rest of the season as well. Locked on Wild has you covered with new episodes every Monday through Friday as part of the Locked on Sports Podcast Network.